Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. Hi there, this is Anna David. Thank you so much for listening. This is an extra special episode because it's audio that was taken from my Apple TV show. Yeah, I have an Apple TV show in case I have forgotten to tell you that. And the other amazing thing about it is it's with my business idol. Now, if you listen to this podcast in chronological order, you're going to notice that I said that last week. And that is because I had two people, two women that I dreamed of being able to interview thinking both of them would say no. Um, Not only did I get them both, but this interview and the Susie Batiste one last week happened on the exact same day. So it was a very quaky day. And I believe I just made that word up. Now it's with this one's with Natasha Case. I give her a proper intro in just a second. But suffice it to say, she's a record setter in terms of uh, female run businesses in terms of her youth, in terms of the advice she has to pass along. You got to hear how she defines struggle and success. So I'm going to stop talking and give you Natasha Case. Natasha Case is the CEO and co-founder of Cool House. Yes, that ice cream that you devour. uh, If you are having an immediate response where you're craving it and picturing it and tasting it in a weird way, I'm right with you. It is the leading women-owned ice cream business It's at grocery stores and can be found in 7,500 plus gourmet grocery stores. Natasha has been named a Forbes 30 under 30, uh, Zagat 30 under 30, LinkedIn 10 under 35. The numbers just get smaller and smaller and smaller. And she was recently named UCLA LGBTQ plus 2019 alum of the year. She has a podcast, which is called Start to Sale through Eater Vox Media. Welcome. Thank you so much. I so appreciate the kind words, truly. It's so (laughs) true. Um, So, yeah, I mean, you have been, I think for those of us um, women entrepreneurs, you um, have been a model. And the way it started, your origin story is really interesting because, you know, it's this combination for, for, I will admit until I was looking into it, I didn't understand the Cool House reference. (laughs) Right. I can understand. Is that okay? That's okay. There's some esoteric qualities to it. It's just so intellectual. So will you explain (laughs) how you came up with the idea, how it happened? Absolutely. So I do have a unique origin story in that my background is architecture and design. So it's not so common, you know, you go from architecture to ice cream lady. All one of us in the universe did it. The only, yeah, the <laughs> only thing is that they both start with uh, vowels. That, okay. Yeah. That's good. I like, like the wordplay. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm into that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and I think I just wanted to find a way to make architecture more fun and accessible. And I was, you know, searching for, for the way to do that when I was in, uh, I, I went to Berkeley for architecture school. And it's funny how a light bulb moment can be it's so kind of uh, you know, unintentional, but you just kind of had the signals out. That's yeah. like what matters. You're in like an open mind kind of state. Um, a professor of mine criticized the scale model I had made, saying it looked like a layer cake. Right. I thought, why is that bad? Layer cakes are delicious. Ah. I baked the next iteration of the model as a cake. 
And um, I fell in love with the idea of combining food and design. And I yeah. think my colleagues were most interested in, you know, the food element in talking about this project I was working on. So I just continued to develop this idea because I found that, you know, food, it's we let our guard down, we create memories, we, we connect. And it's a great way to take the intimidation out of anything that you're working on. Um, and so I kind of... It was a passionate hobby for a while, this food meets design, you know, concept. Which Nobody else in your class was doing food, anything. No, no. This was an I would insane say I was idea. on my own. I yeah, would say yeah, it was yeah. definitely on my own. And through grad school, I kind of built this idea on the side as well. But I stayed on the architecture path, you know, because I think you kind of have to um, know the rules that you're going to break, right? Yeah. So uh, then basically, fast forward, I was um, at my first real job out of um, grad school. Which was? Disney Imagineering. Mm-hmm. And I was there for a week or two before the recession hit. And uh, Disney was pretty hard hit, for sure. And it was kind of dark days at the office. So as part of this passionate hobby that I had been fermenting on the side, which I was now calling Farkitecture, food mm-hmm. plus architecture, I started baking cookies and making ice cream from scratch, naming the combinations after architects. And it was really comic relief around the office for people who had, you know, had some bad news. And um, I didn't think of it much more than that. And then I met the other founder of Cool House. Who is your life partner? She is my partner in all ways. Yes, it all, you know, spoiler alert, we're happily married. And have a child. (laughs) We have a child, uh, Remy, two and a half year old son. Uh, But she really, I think, saw the business potential in what I was doing, but also the quirkiness, you know, appreciated it. And in in fact, um, to to your point about maybe not understanding the reference at first, she called them the elitist ice cream sandwiches. And I was like, I'm trying to make it not elitist, but I see how it's elitist, you know. I like like Cool House a lot better than Farkitecture, for the record. I agree. It's a better. Better fit overall. Yeah, yeah. For sure. So, um, you know, I think uh, it was, yeah, definitely... Uh, you know, the name is is an homage to, to Bauhaus and keeping the architecture inspiration, but making it sound like something, obviously, that's cold and delicious. Yeah. So the two of us, I mean, we were 25. We really had, you know, nothing to lose. Um, and uh, we kind of had this aligned vision of how great Cool House could become. Um, and I think the next step was really seeing how it was possible to bring this to market. We actually went to Whole Foods um, to first kind of, you know, create a performa and create the cost of goods and all that. And we walked the freezer aisle there and we thought, you know, these brands are, they feel so stale. It's only 10 years ago, but so much has changed in the food space. Um, we saw there really was no innovation, unique flavors, the kind of artisan quality that we now, you know, right, take right. for granted didn't exist. And we also didn't feel represented by the brands as women and definitely not as millennials either. So we thought, let's, let's do this. There's, there's a market here, but how are we going to bring it? you know, to to the people. And we thought, well, we don't understand grocery yet. So let's kind of table that. No one's going to give us enough money for a scoop shop, you know, being that it's just a recession. But we did think, you know, we could reinvent the ice cream truck for our generation. And where do millennials congregate? At Coachella. Exactly right. Yes. Yes. So that's, we we said, we're going to do the biggest event that we can possibly do and just see if this idea, you know, has legs. And so we scraped together, well, my personal credit card with a $5,000 limit and bought a beat-up postal van for off 2500 bucks yeah. off Craigslist. And it had no engine. We were basically paying for chrome rims. And we um, had figured out that if we joined AAA Platinum, we got one free 200-mile tow. 
And the morning of Coachella, we pretended the truck broke down, even though it never drove, and they towed us to the desert. How'd That's you get back? Or you left the truck? We, no, no yeah, we, you know, it, it, it would have been, it was such a, you know, POS. Like, there was, I'm sure, thoughts of, like, let's just leave this truck behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we started cash flowing right away. Yeah, you're like, well, we can afford an engine. Yeah. Right, exactly. And we got a real insurance policy, like when the concert was done. Yeah. And that, we used that to tow us back. So So it was this, cra- how do you get into Coachella? How did they let you do that? We basically begged and begged them until they were so tired of us reaching out to them. So we said, you know, look, like, give us a shot. Like, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll come with this truck and trust us. We've been to Coachella. People will love it. And we just bugged them until, truly, it was too annoying for them to just say, fine, But were you we the first up. food truck there? We, we were, in fact, the first food truck ever. And, and so people are like, this is delicious. Yeah. Oh, this is cool. And then and then suddenly, so this is social proof at a crazy level. Exactly. This is minimum viable product. This yeah. is, let's get it out there and see if there is demand. And indeed, you know, there was kind of that built-in audience. And interestingly enough, like, if you're familiar with the Coachella history— Back then, it really wasn't weekend passes. People would come often for one day. Right. But they stuck us in the campground to try to, like, keep us, you know, out of sight. But in the campground, that was the one place where you really had people staying there for four and five days. So it was really lucky we were there. We could kind of build this, like, you know, kind of micro audience. And there truly was a following after a few days. People would line up at 7 a.m. to try to get their ice cream sandwich. And, like, my, like, friends would, like, be waking me up because we'd go to bed at 4 a.m. Right. And we had to sleep by the truck. We had to camp by the truck. Yeah. And we'd, like, stumble out of bed, start serving ice cream sandwiches. But it showed there was interest. And then after the concert, a friend of mine had said, if it goes well enough and you're going to keep doing this, um, send me your logo and I'll, you know, write a piece about you guys. So I, in fact, did. I thought, you know, this is worth continuing. Yeah. Send him the logo. He writes this piece. It's really not flattering at all. It's like, um, if you're really bored and you want to try some wacky ice cream sandwiches and you're in a weird mood, maybe check out the (laughs) house truck. Like, thanks, Dan. Super helpful for that article. But it just totally went viral from there. Because people like negativity, maybe. Maybe he knew. Maybe maybe he was being a friend. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It wasn't just this, like, bland endorsement. Yeah, it doesn't sound all pr I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Okay, Dan. Credit him a little more. He introduced me to Dan. (laughs) So, So it just takes off. Yes. Yes. And then you are 25 years old. You guys really have no clue yeah. what's going on in terms of business. You ha- clearly had gone to architecture school and yeah. not business school. Yes. How did you learn what to do? And how many employees yes. How many employees do you have now? Uh, we're about 40. And uh, of that corporate is about half of it. So mm-hmm. the other half events and, and scoop shop staff. But yeah, I mean, Freya did have a little bit of business background. She um, did understand like kind of the basics of how to run the model. And I think that's why we were such a good team yeah. uh, to start with. I could kind to do you know the design branding pr marketing sales and she uh, could do finance and ops to a certain degree to get us started um so i think that's what you need in 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 founders and if you're lucky enough to have one because it is such a massive journey to embark on so it's nice to be able to share it with someone but i think you know we were like we can do this this is going to be big but we could cover a lot of territory you know separately so you're like you're on the same page, but you're doing this, I'm doing that. And you're going to need that as much as possible because there's just so much to do. There's not possibly enough hours in the day to do it when you're getting yeah. started. And yeah. she's not involved anymore? She's not in the day-to-day. Yeah. Um, I call her the first lady of Cool House yeah. because, you know, she's not on the payroll, but she still has my ear. She still controls many things behind the scenes. Yes, you know? yes. Um, so I think she's, you know, in a way to me, just um, uh, a total, you know, just a voice of positivity and inspiration and, and a mentor in a lot of ways. 
And I think I also, we both learned from each other a lot in the beginning. I think she's become much more kind of marketing brand PR savvy and I've become much more savvy on the business side. So you, so that's also an ideal partner. You know, you kind of start out here and you gradually get more and more aligned and you still yeah. stay specialized. Um, but mm-hmm. to your, you know, to your question about learning it, I think with business, you do just have to learn a certain amount. There's only so much you can get out of a course and read in a book or, you know, I think resources like what you're putting out there are like really, really helpful. And they can get you as far as like, okay, now I just got to do it. Yeah. You got to learn on the job. Yeah. To some degree, you know, um, back then there were way less resources than now. We love to say like, you know, the whole like co-working space, like Freya now works out of industrious stuff. Yeah. It's like so fancy. Like we didn't have this 10 years ago. It's changed so much. So it's good. There's much more, I think of a positive environment and nurturing environment for entrepreneurs these days. It's amazing. So, okay, the role that struggle has played. I mean, so clearly you're at Berkeley. Like you have been a very ambitious person from day one. Where are you from? Here, from here. You're from Los Angeles proper. Born and raised, yes. Okay. Yes. And what was your family like? Was ambition a huge thing? Are they super successful? Are they entrepreneurs? So my dad's an architect Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Runs his own business. My mom is an animator at Disney. So I, you know, she's, uh, they're both like very driven creatives, I would say. Do you have brothers and sisters? I have a younger sister. Mm -hmm. She is a a French teacher. Mm -hmm. She's actually going to start teaching French where we went to high school, Harvard Westlake. Nice. In the the, uh, fall, the middle school. So the whole family is super excited about that. Um, I would say we weren't necessarily like a business family. I think of it more as like creative, um, definitely hardworking. My sister's super hardworking. Both my parents, you know, always busy growing up. Um, I think that, I I don't think I, um, I think that I tapped more into the creative, creative energy of my family. Mm -hmm. Um, there's some entrepreneurs like my grandpa and on my mom's side. Um, but I think for me, that was more of the learning curve, you know, Mm -hmm. like I never really thought about the numbers behind, you know, architecture per se. It's just not the training. And I think hopefully that's going to shift more. Yeah. Um, but I think I always, um, felt you know, I think there there's a maybe a, a competitive nature, feeling really passionate about the things I loved doing, um, feeling very right and left brain my whole life, you know, feeling like I love to do, you know, fine arts and music and things like that, but also, you know, math and science, um, love history, but love, you know, the technical side. You have the so perfect brain. I think it's a, it's a mix. How'd yeah. you get that? <laughs> I, I don't know. So lucky. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if it's perfect, but it definitely... Has that there, there's there's the balance to things, which I think draws you to business. It's like it's like you're to be an entrepreneur. You kind of have to be an artist outside of the box, but it has to work. It has to plug in. People have to want it. They have to be able to afford it. Do you? So, what have been your greatest struggles personally? Yeah, I think so. You know, there's um, as far as personal struggles, like outside of the business. Yeah, I think there was a big shift that happened with with um, doing Cool House in the in the first place. I think like so that was kind of going on. You know, like okay this ice cream thing, this ice cream idea, it's crazy. We're going to pursue it. Well, while that was happening, Fran and I also were dating like from day one. That must have been so complicated. It's, yeah. I mean, it's great to be like 25 and doing that because I don't think we, we thought it through. But yeah, that's yeah. a good thing. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It was like, we're, this is happening now. You're very in the present. I yeah. Think, you're in most of your 20s, which like is yeah. kind of needed in some ways. So we didn't like think of, okay, well, how messy is this going to get? We just sort of like, it was all happening. So I think for me, like starting to, you know, um, be with Freya and I had dated some women, but I was not, I would say like out to my family, you know, I, um, and 
I don't think I was even necessarily using a, a label socially. Um, you know, that kind of change along with, even though design was involved in the ice cream business, I was not like pursuing architecture. So everything so kind of like changed. Everything. Basically. Like it your was whole like, identity. Yes. I was like on this path before to like do these things and it seemed very set and all of a sudden I was like, right. you know. So I Sorry, think mom and dad. that was, yeah. Whatever you like, were you thinking. Know, mostly it was like good Jewish girl from LA. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and wanting to, you know, make your parents happy, like hoping they, you know, love you as much as you love them, sort of like, you know, um, Jewish thing. Um, and suddenly it's not that. And it's not about, you know, pleasing the family or anything like that. It's about doing what you really believe in and that you feel you must do. Yeah. So I think that was, you know, change is, is always challenging. Like, I think that's kind of the point. But mostly it's, and hopefully it's for the better, if you're willing to kind of, you know, go in a different direction. So I definitely think that was like a really big evolution period. Um, and it wasn't always the most perfect picture. Yeah. Um, I would say that that was definitely one of the biggest, like, for me, like, yeah. Is that why she's not involved in the day-to-day? The, like, to us s- being a couple? T- yeah. I think to some degree. I think that was part of it because it wasn't about that, like, in its most simplest sense. But I think when you are a couple and you're running a business, it's hard to have the boundary. Yeah. So we were always talking about Cool House, which is part of what made it great. But also... Like, you need to nurture another part of your relationship. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And then I think, you know, I I kind of, like, became the CEO and she became the COO. So she was supposed to report to me. I would ask her for things. She didn't feel like giving it to me. Yeah. And it's... You can't, like, you know, you can only go so far. Well, I want this report. Well, too bad. You'll have to get it later. Well, you need that kind of professionalism. And then I think for her, there's there started to be some resentment that built up. Like, yeah. That it felt to her like the operations and finance were, like, the harder, you know, or more, maybe less fun parts of the business. Um, so I think all of those things, she started to get kind of burnt out. She started to feel like she could find a replacement for her role. And then it kind of, uh, culminated in like this one huge argument that yeah. we had that seemed to never be able to end. Yeah. Um, and she ended it with like, you know, she, like I quit basically. Yeah. Well, she, what she actually said was, I don't back you as CEO anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And that could be like relationship enders. Totally. People, but you know, I didn't like take it personally yeah. in, in, in a sense. And I also, our, our kind of dynamic is she really, She'll only tell me if something's good if she really believes it's good. So she, like, can kick my ass, like, most of the time. And I'll just, like, want to keep improving, you know? Yeah. Like, she's kind of that, like, it's a, maybe a little bit of, like, a tough love thing when it comes to how I'm evolving. She's like a Jewish parent herself. Totally. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so I think, you know, in the end, like, her stepping away, that was also a really scary period of time. For sure. It was like, oh, my God, like, how is this going to be? How is this going to work? But in the end, again, for the better, I think I became better, a better CEO, a better leader. I started to learn more of the things that I probably was leaning on her too much for. Yeah. Okay, I love it. We got to get close to wrapping up. So let's go into the lightning round. Okay. What is your morning routine? Morning routine. So I'm matcha drinker. I have my like, I don't know if I would call it, call it a ceremony, but mm-hmm. like make my matcha, mm-hmm. you know, have like that downtime and I have like all the different milks for it. I've done, done oat milk, make my own almond milk, you know, and then just like to um, like get, listen to like uh, uh, podcasts, like morning news, which is so nice. Like I've like voice activated, just start to hear like what's going on, you know, mm-hmm. whatever current events. 
Um, and then we work out a lot in the morning. Mm. And Fran and I mostly work out together, which is mm-hmm. kind of kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then actually our son is usually still asleep when we leave because the nanny comes. Nice. So we come back then and, and hang with him and have breakfast. Sounds joyful. Yeah, it's actually pretty good. It's a pretty, yeah. like, considering, like, you know, we're working moms, we have a pretty, like, sane morning routine. I mean, and when you <laughs> compare it to, like, camping next to the truck and, like, waking <laughs> up people being like, better. give me ice cream. Yes, things have gotten more sane over the last 10 years. <laughs> so what is a book that has changed your life? <sighs> so this is this is a tough one because I think of, um, like, when I, the, the reading that, um, like, changed me the most was probably the reading I did coming like out of high school and like into early college and things about cities for sure. I would say like maybe Italo Calvino and like some of his books that we read in early architecture. Really great about like just like opening my opening my mind about cities and what they could mean. Um, But I think even like things like Steppenwolf, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, like things like that you kind of like read around that like I remember reading that, like, I think I was 18, like, in Paris. Yeah. Those kind of things, I think, like, really changed me because you're you're kind of becoming an adult. Yeah. You read so many good things now, but your mind's a little bit more wired. Warmed, yeah. yeah. What, um, what is one of your favorite quotes? Um, favorite quotes, I would say, well, I used to like to say um, uh, that a woman has to do uh, everything twice as well as a man, uh, you know, to succeed. Uh, luckily, it's not that hard. And that was just an anonymous quote. But, you know, yeah. that's a little bit. You yeah. don't need to throw men under the bus. So I thought No, but luckily it's not one. that hard. It's luckily yeah. that's not, it's not that hard it's part that of the hard. quote. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. Okay. We'll take that one. Yeah, that's good. No, I think, um, uh, you know, I think, let's see. Um, God, there's so many. There's so many good ones. I think um, definitely, I think, I think Teddy Roosevelt has one of, has some of my favorites about, you know, perseverance and hard work. I mean, if you, not a, not a specific one is coming to mind, but I think yeah. he was really good and very modern about his words. Eleanor, yeah. too. Eleanor. They were just totally. so quotable. Yeah. Now, what, um, have you had a mentor? I would say Jane Werwand, uh, the that? founder of Dermalogica, has okay. been a mentor to me. Uh, she has is just such a, such a titan and came here as an immigrant and built her business from nothing, from zero funding, over many, many years and owned all of it when they sold to Unilever and just never really compromised on quality and vision. And she's definitely a mentor and an inspiration to me. Should have her on the show. Exactly. She's Next, so yes. fun to listen to. I'm, I'm such an amazing British accent too. So oh, amazing. Yeah. Please. Soundbite. Yeah. What, um, what is your spiritual practice if you have one? I think, uh, so if does yoga would, would count. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So um, I would say a combination of Yoga, and I love doing this, like, more, of course, high-energy yoga sculpt class at yeah, Playlist, yeah. You which you is awesome. Yeah, you live in Los Angeles. At where? Uh, Playlist Yoga. Okay. It's great. Okay, yeah, yeah. But I love, love, love acupuncture as well. Yes. Like, acupuncture to me, just next level. I recommend Game it to changer. anyone. I and you don't need to have, people think they have to have, like, a problem to go in. Like, I'm in pain or I can't sleep. Like, just go in and be enhanced. Yeah. Like, no matter what. Do you pass that on the table? Oh, yeah. I do every time. Yeah. And just as, like, businesswoman and a mom, it's, like, so nice to just, like, have a timeout in the middle. Yeah, time out. you have a timeout. Yeah. yeah, you just need that. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, what is your best quality? I think fearlessness. Mm, what's your worst quality? And I think that can also be <laughs> one because I think I'm such an ideas person, and you know, I have when you believe in something, you have the confidence and the drive. You're willing to take the risk, but I think you need the people around you 
I don't think of it as like a worse quality, but I think the quality that maybe needs to be most complemented, like by my team, the vetting of the ideas and which one is it going to be and how do we best partner to accomplish this and how do we kind of work together to, you know, create the financial objectives and the timeline. So it's it's a little bit, you know, of, of those things together, I think, that is, it creates the whole picture. So it's not best and worst. It's just like yeah. Yeah, how you how you factor them into It's very democratic. Okay, you. thank you. <laughs> no, but you just made me think I want to add another lightning round question. What's your sign? Leo. Okay. Could I guess that? that. <laughs> it's my rising. Um, nice. How do you define struggle? Define struggle with um, discomfort, I think. And we kind of like touch on that a bit. I think... When something's a struggle, there's like that, oh, this is not, you're not complacent. You're not in your zone. Yeah. Um, but again, and you know, maybe you'll say I'm being too democratic about it, but you need those. Mm-hmm. Like those are those are the ultimate, the struggles ultimately do lead to the successes. So how do you define success? And success I define as um, flexibility. Like, like for me, I think like if I am controlling my day, if I am controlling how I spend my time at work and at home, like that's how mm. I define success. 